I'm not a storyteller, not even in Hebrew, not to mention in English, but I can see no other way to convey to you some of, of my life experience but by telling my story. I was born in a kibbutz, a small communal village of some 50 families in an isolated part of Israel. I grew up as a shy and introvert boy slightly different than most others. Almost never played the basketball, in fact, until I, uh, my bar mitzvah, I couldn't throw it to reach the basket at all. <laughs> and most, most, most of the girls in my class could run the 60-yard track uh, faster than I could. I read a lot. I loved mathematics. I played the piano, nothing to predict a future decorated soldier or a general, not to mention a prime minister. Um, but uh, somehow I came out of my uh, early years, maybe supported by, the, by my parents and their backing as a self-confident uh, young individual, knowing that uh, even if you are slightly different, it doesn't necessarily mean that, that you cannot aspire or, um, or pretend to, to accomplish and achieve. I joined uh, our uh, defense forces when I was 17 and a half, about uh, your age. Uh, decades later, when I, uh, I've seen a movie uh, starred by um, Goldie Hawn uh, called Private Benjamin, uh, she tries to uh, struggled with the need to climb over the wall. She reminded me of myself <laughs> at, the, at the boot camp. Uh, I looked like uh, 15 years old. It took me until well into my third year in service to begin to shave. Uh, but I found that in long nights of uh, desert navigation without maps, when all the others lost their sense of direction and sense of confidence. Somehow the many hours I spent over the maps the day before uh, trying to memorize every uh, curve, slow and slope of a hill uh, made me somehow know where to go and what should be done. It gave me a lot of uh, self-confidence. Uh, uh, this kind of skill to navigate at night, which is uh, these days already redundant by the uh, use of GPS, but was a great quality at the time, uh, led me or brought me into a, the top elite classified unit of the Israeli Defense Forces, the equivalent of the American Delta Forces that had not been in existence at the time, and the British uh, uh, Special Air Service, from whom we uh, drawn our slogan, Who Dares Wins. I spent some 13 years in this unit from a soldier to a commanding officer of the unit. And there I, once again, in an infinite series of uh, anti-terror uh, raids and operations, uh, storming a plane with hijacked um, the passengers or uh, penetrating a foreign capital 
dressed like a woman that allows more uh, play for many things and uh, to hit uh, to hit um, uh, terrorists in their own hideaways. And through the Six Days War, I found once and again that, like every human being, I experience fear, but when some others are paralyzed by, by it and cannot move and cannot act, uh, especially as a commander, I found that I feel the need and, in a way, the commitment to my soldiers to look what's happening around, to decide what should be done about it, to uh, issue orders and to follow that they are implemented and to keep this kind of cycle of uh, command, both keeping me busy so that I will have not to uh, deal with the fear, but at the same time uh, pushing my unit uh, forward um, uh, to, to win. Uh, the, the raid or the operation. I found some time to uh, study mathematics and physics in the Hebrew University, and uh, years later I found myself in 73, a graduate student at the School of Engineering of uh, Stanford. Um, it was Yom Kippur, 4 o'clock a.m. in the morning when the uh, telephone rang, and I was informed that a major war just broke out uh, back home in Israel. It took me a few minutes to pack and to go immediately uh, back home. I left behind me my wife and our baby daughter. She was three at the time. Both of them are here with us. And I found myself in a few days, few days later, at the midst of some of the most bitter battles of this uh, this war. Commanding a tank battalion, we have tried to establish a bridgehead uh, crossing the Suez Canal. It was dawn, early morning. We were engaged by uh, Egyptian tanks some 1,200 yards in front of us, Egyptian anti-tank missiles from a mile and a half on the flank that we could see the missiles coming either hit the tank and blow it or passing a, a foot or two over our heads. And at the same time, we were busy fighting uh, Egyptian infantry soldiers all around us in foxholes. I had an extra crew member. Usually we have only four. A, a friend of mine, a brilliant electrical uh, engineer that already commanded a highly classified high-tech unit in our intelligence community, but was a former parachutist, and he joined, he volunteered to join my tank, and we were fighting, throwing hand grenades and shooting uh, soldiers who are shooting at us from distances shorter than the uh, distance between uh, myself and you are here in the, in the uh, first uh, row. And I still uh, remember the moment where my best friend was hit by a series of rounds here, uh, uh, Six stream of blood ejecting out of his uh, throat. I, I tried to stop it, but he slipped uh, out of my hands uh, into the turret of the tanks and lost his life a few uh, minutes uh, later. We won the, uh, the battle, and ultimately we won the uh, war, but it took me some three weeks before I could a call 
my wife back at, uh, in Palo Alto uh, from the city of Suez after uh, completing the, the encirclement of the Egyptian Third Army. And I still remember uh, myself telling her, counting one by one, the names of all the good friends that uh, lost their lives in this um, uh, bitter war, and I could hear her uh, crying on the other side of the line. I came out with, uh, from this uh, uh, war with a very strong feeling that the best of us were buried after the war. I could never explain why I am alive and this brilliant electrical engineer and 3,000 of our other soldiers are, are buried. And I realized that there is a debt that all of us Israeli uh, owe to these people, to their families, to their parents, to their orphans, to be ready to change reality when the time, uh, when the time comes. It took me another 25 years before I became uh, Commander-in-Chief of our Armed Forces and later on uh, Foreign Minister and uh, ultimately uh, Prime Minister of, of the State of Israel, but I remembered this kind of debt and I, I were strongly convinced that leadership is about changing reality, not just about living through the experiences that you need to use your courage uh, of conviction, your vision and your beliefs and act to, uh, in order to change what happens around us, especially in the troubled uh, uh, Middle East. This was the reason that immediately when elected I announced that we will be out of Lebanon to put an end to a tragedy that stretched over 18 years and cost us the lives of uh, 1,000 Israeli youngsters, even more than that, and to once and for all put an end to it. And this is the reason why I find myself ordering intensive uh, dialogue with the Syrians, then with the uh, Palestinians, in order to try to put an end, to pay our debt to uh, the late Prime Minister Rabin that was assassinated. He was my mentor for many years. He was the man who called me to come into political life a few months before he was assassinated. And, uh, and as a debt to, our, to the mothers and parents in Israel and to the young generation that want to go to college not to be buried in a military cemetery. And I made the point of leaving no stone unturned on the way to peace, to be able to take far-reaching, calculated risks in order to reach it out of self-confidence and sense of strength without violating our vital uh, national uh, interest, but at the same time uh, to be able to stand firm, whatever it takes for however long uh, it might be needed if the other side is unready or will be found unready and unfortunately with both the Syrians, with the kind of dying dictator, President Assad uh, senior, and uh, uh, the same happened with Arafat that we found somehow he doesn't have the qualities of President Sadat 
or a kind of Palestinian Ben-Gurion, namely to take the tough decisions and lead his people uh, toward peace and reconciliation. But I'm confident that it will, the, the pendulum will sway maybe once or twice and will ultimately come to rest about the same domain where we have decided uh, to uh, define uh, possible um, peace agreement terms. And I, as I told my own people, when the time comes and the pendulum will rest once again it's, uh, over the same domain, I will be uh, ready to come back. Allow me, before I turn to your question, to make a few remarks on, on achievement. The whole gathering was around the, uh, the kind of issue of achievement, but I somehow feel that what really motivates uh, leaders on a more profound level than achievement is a search for meaning. That what really motivates us, that what really connects us with those who are led by us. I mean, uh, the search for a meaning beyond the very physical existence of our bodies and in, in a sense beyond the span of our uh, lives. And I believe that what really differentiates ourselves from the pygmy chimpanzees that uh, Professor Rosenberg described to us that might have a certain instinct for achievement deep uh, embedded into their gene pool. They are just 1.6% apart from us, but they clearly uh, cannot have the kind of self-awareness self that we have and the kind of inner uh, search for uh, meaning. And I believe that this also differentiates us from the microorganisms uh, that uh, Dr. Margulis uh, so eloquently presented to us. I do really believe that uh, you as a young uh, future leader heard, have heard here uh, the right recommendations about patience, about the need to, to be able to, to run a screening of the options before you choose your own way of life, that you should bring with you a certain predisposition for leadership and certain readiness to think out of the box, out of conventions, to see a whole picture and still keep a, somehow a, a, a direct connection to the details and to bring with you determination, sense of proportion and balance and a, a drop of a good luck. I believe that uh, doing this and carrying, carrying with you the conviction that if you really believe in something, you should be ready to stick to it, even if, if it takes certain price. Um, I believe that you uh, will um, share the kind of experience that we, the old guard here, shared, and the kind of uh, full and intensive life that you all deserve. Thank you very much. Thank you.